Red alert. Emergency maneuver. All engines. Emergency maneuver. Aye, aye. Captain, we should enter this in the log, shouldn't we? No, 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 no. Forget it. <laughs> Nobody would believe it anyway. This is the Spud Goodman Show. <laughs> Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, who goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, who goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am in fact Spud Goodman. Yes! And I will be your host for tonight's show. Hopefully, you know, I'll meet all of your expectations. I feel this is doable if, you know, you keep them at a reasonable level. I mean, I'm not Ira Glass here, okay? I am but a simple man who somehow lasted over 20-some years in the cable TV racket and now radio. Don't ask me how! You know, I have no clue how I pulled this off. It's probably best to change the subject right now and introduce our designated laugher. Gina, uh, give the listeners a uh, quick sample. Well, it's good to be here tonight, Spud. Good, good. Can you give me a chuckle or something? <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, now I should probably introduce uh, our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald. Uh, say something, you know, make it brief, like a high or something. What, uh, uh, hello, everyone. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I will be the co-host of the show. I'm excited to get the show started. Yeah, sure, as I sure you are. <laughs> you know, so the thing I want to get into you know on tonight's show is something that's that's bugged me since I was a little kid you know, I've kind of gone back and forth on it sometimes I totally believe in it believed in it and other times in my life I realize you know I'm probably being duped but but I guess I prefer to believe in something rather than just reject it because scientifically it's almost impossible to make a case that it's real well, spud if you really want to find out the truth the real truth then either I or you know another deacon from our church if that would make you more comfortable would be more than willing to give you an overview of our religion um. it is a bit complicated as far as what you know about other religions but it will only take a few well, hours I'm and not, I think I'm not ready yet to become a Mormon oh I will let you know if that moment ever comes up. I don't okay? understand. Now, wh what I've struggled with is, are there really big, hairy, part human, part animal creatures out there in the world? Oh, Spud, are you referring to that Manimal TV show that was on many years ago? Like, 1983, um, I think. Simon McCorkingdale. He played right. the doctor who could shapeshift into any animal he wanted to be. It was a pretty interesting show. I was really disappointed when it was canceled yeah. after only eight episodes. Right, I remember Manimal. Cool show, but no, yeah. that's not what I'm referring to here. Oh. Now, I'm talking about Bigfoot. Say you know, what? Yeah, part of me, oh. you know, thinks that they're really out there in the woods. I mean, I mean, they're not at like malls and around our neighborhoods like zombies or anything, but you know, if they are real, 
they don't want anything to do with humans, that's for sure. That's that's what that's my idea at least. <laughs> you know, for what I know. I mean, they haven't spent quality time with any of us explaining what their deal is to this point. Courtney, Chloe. But I highly doubt there's such a thing as a Bigfoot. You know, it's been a fable that's just been shared for a long time. You really want to go there? Uh, n no. W listen, what I'm saying is there is no firm proof and for sure no scientific data that would support this folktale. Uh, again, I ask if you really want to go down this road right now? I, I, look, I'm saying I personally will wait for verifiable proof before I entertain the possibility that Bigfoot really exists. It is quite possible that for generations people have wished that a part animal, part man existed, but... Yes, you can call me a skeptic if you well, want to. Well, wow. you may feel differently so funny. You know, a little later in the show as we have those Finding Bigfoot people from that Animal Planet show on. Oh, yeah. And these are experts, and why don't we let them wade in on this issue instead of you closing the door on this topic? You really need to like keep an open mind on things and not be so skeptical about stuff that, that could be beyond what science as we know it can verify. But anyway, right now I need to play some music, all right? If you don't mind. No, I, I don't mind. Go ahead and play a rock and roll song if you want. Uh, thank you. All right, this song was recorded back in 1983 by the late Portland musician Billy Rancher and his band The Unreal Gods. Sadly, uh, Billy passed away from cancer in 1986, a highly talented man who left us way too early. Here is Hang Around. Roll it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. This is Billy Gardell, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. And that's that. Spud, yeah? your first guest, Dr. Ruth, is on the air. You know, this must be something you've been looking forward to. A free consultation with a renowned sex therapist. I love it! Well, yeah, I am kind of pumped to be able to speak with her. I mean, she's helped millions of people over the years with her work. I mean, listen to her carefully as you might learn something here, too. God knows your wife would be grateful. Well, <laughs> yeah, please keep my wife out of this discussion. Uh, well, as obsessed as you are with sex, but I hope all of your questions are answered by Dr. Ruth. I'm not obsessed with sex. I mean, uh, I'm not afraid of it, uh, at least like some people I know. Do I enjoy an R-rated movie rather than, say, a PG one? Yeah, okay, I plead guilty. Well, listen, there's a time and a place for this topic, and you know my position on when that is. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with your take, so yeah. thank you for your input. Now, just put the doctor on, please. Yeah, very well. Here she is. All right, please welcome author and sex therapist Dr. Ruth Westheimer to the show. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Right. Well, we're going to be discussing your latest book, Myths of Love, published by Quill Driver Books and available at all bookstores and online. But I want to tell you something, that my latest books is uh, The Doctor is In. Oh, okay. And it's an Amazon book. And then I have a wonderful children's book that is my philosophy of life. The children's book is called Leopold. Spud, yes, you may not want to get too explicit here with Dr. Ruth. I know she is not embarrassed easily when discussing sexual matters, but many listeners out there may find themselves feeling a bit uncomfortable right now. Yeah? Have you ever heard of the internet? A whole lot of people now are quite at ease with sex stuff. Well... I'm just saying you might want to respect those who hold sexual relations to be a very private matter. You know, no need to creep out those people. Listen, if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, why don't you take off your headphones and put your hands over your ears until the interview's over? Well, that won't be necessary. I'm just suggesting that you consider Still those who... Still think that sex is an activity reserved for procreation? No, well, no, no. Well, I know most people know historically why sex was created. I, I hope you know that. I, I guess I wasn't clued in, but... Anyway, let me get back to Dr. Ruth. Okay. Um, but I also do have that other one, The Myth of Love. Right. The myth, I read that. I, I read The Myth of Love. I read that. It was a great book. Wonderful. I like to hear that it came out in Germany and sold very well. Okay. And uh, I, I have a great time with it. I did it with uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Singerman from University of Pennsylvania Press. And it gives me great pleasure. Well, could, so I'm, could, glad, I'm glad you read it. I did. So, you know, it's it talks about the myths of love. Can I toss out a couple facts about love that I kind of believe in, and maybe they're wrong? Like, number one, yeah. sex stops at about five and a half to six years into most relationships. Is that true or false? No, but that's false. However, what is true is if you engage, uh, if you're in a relationship and you engage in sex every day of the week, on the same day, let's say Thursday, let's say Friday, uh, the same position uh, and the same, um, you don't vary it and you don't make some surprises, right. then it might become boring. And boredom is the worst thing in the bedroom. It is. But there, there are people who are very happily sexually active for a whole lifetime. 
Well, okay, that's good to hear because you know I watch <laughs> I watch sex and movies on cable TV, and it just seems a lot hotter than in real life. Is that is that true? That's true. No, you are right. All right, super. Okay, I was right on that one. Um, well, speaking of myths, also we we were discussing uh, on the show tonight uh, Bigfoot, and on a related note, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that old big feet, uh, you know, big penis thing. Is there scientific proof of this? Because I wear like a size six. Absolutely and not. It's not. Absolutely oh, good. Thank not. you. Thank you. But, but you know, in the play about me uh, yeah, becoming right. Doctor Who, right. that Deborah Jo Rapp started, right, in the Berkshires, and then in in near Broadway, off Broadway. So what is true is that I want a, a man who is worried about the size because the size has nothing to do with the sexual satisfaction of the woman. I want him to stand in front of a mirror, bring himself to a good erection and admire that erection. He will never worry about the size again. And we have to bury all of those stupid myths about the size of the hands and the size of the feet, not so. Well, I'm writing this okay. down. I'm yeah. as fast as I can. I'm writing this down. So you know, because I <laughs> see women look. You know, when I go out to bars, they look down at my feet and they kind of like run away. So I mean, I'm not micro mini, but it just is that. Thank you so much for that. Nonsense. Thank That's you. Nonsense. And people should enjoy each other. They should have a good relationship, and with a good relationship and with an interesting life, comes. Very, very good um, sexual encounters. All right, super. <laughs> well, Dr. Ruth, on another note, some may not be aware of your life history as it is very, very moving. I mean, you survived mm -hmm. the Holocaust in Germany by being sent to Switzerland at age 11 in 1939 by your parents, and they were later victims of that horrible period in world history. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's just an amazing <laughs> life life history. And I, I, after... You know, serving in the in Israeli army, uh, you moved to France and began studying psychology. So my question is, what led you to this area of interest that became your career? That's a very good question. Because all of us who have survived World War II and who didn't, uh, who didn't get killed like a million and a half Jewish children, right? we all felt that we had an obligation about, um, you know, uh, like an obligation to do something to make the world better. Well, obviously so you've done many that. Of us, many of us went into the helping profession. I'm, t I'm talking about that very nicely in the dog days. And many became psychologists or social workers or nurses. I did not know I would become a sex therapist. Well, but that, yeah. it's wonderful that I can make the world a little better and make a dent and help people have a better relationship and a better sex life. Um, so that makes me smile all over. Absolutely. Well, you've helped so many. Uh, so I was wanting to look back in 1980 when you started your radio career with Sexually Speaking. Did, did you have any clue that sex would be so good to you? I mean, it made you a world-renowned figure. And for most of us, it's just a total obsession that consumes us 24-7. But it's not something we could do for a living. You, you did it. I, I, I'm very fortunate. I, I never would have dreamt that I would be such a well-known psychosexual therapist. But you know what? I'm also very well-trained. I was working for seven years with Dr. Helen Singer-Kaplan right. at Cornell Medical Center. I have a doctorate in the study of the family. So I'm, I'm lucky that I taught six years at Yale and Princeton 
I'm now teaching my third year at Columbia University's Teachers College about a course on the family uh, in the media. So I, I'm very fortunate that at the age of almost 88, I can still uh, teach and I can still write books. Two books this year, not bad. Wow. The Doctor is and Leopold. Wow. And, and before that, The Myth of Love, which you read. Right. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you still get stopped at the grocery store or at the movies by people who want a quick tip to put a little pep in their you know, sex life. You know, does, that get, does that get on your nerves? Yes, or? sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they stop me in the ladies' room and I say, wait, we'll do it outside the ladies' room. So people still ask me some questions. If I can answer it very fast, I do it. If not, I say go and see a sex therapist. All right. Sometimes yeah. questions are much more complicated. Yeah, well, like, I was wondering, so, like, are rib condoms really for her? Stuff like that. Stuff that I wonder, too. But, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother you if I saw you in line at, the, you know, at Safeway or something. Well, no, but you, you, because you are a radio person, when you see me next time, you can you can talk to me. All right. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to close this interview. <laughs> and I will do another radio interview with you soon. Thank you. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. All right, then. Thank you very much, Dr. Ruth. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome tonight's musical guest, Hail Mary. It's good to have you guys back on the show. Hi, Spud. Thanks for having us. All right, super. I love that voice. It's very, very mysterious. Um, oh, <laughs> please identify yourselves because, uh, Rachel, you have some other people with you. Uh, please give your instruments and uh, your mother's maiden name. You guys want to <laughs> ID yourselves? I'm Patrick Galactic, and I'm playing bass, and my mother's maiden name is Galactic. Good. <laughs> Uh, Rachel Hill Mary on the guitar and singing tonight. I'm not giving you my mother's maiden name. <laughs> Wes Spate McAllister. All right, super. So uh, what's happening in the life of Hell Mary, the band? Any spicy stories of band dysfunction that would be interesting, entertaining, anything? Mm. Uh, there's lots of dysfunction, but I don't think it's very entertaining. <laughs> all, right, all right. I think it's particularly amusing. Okay. No fisticuffs, nothing, just very... Okay, fine, I'll move on. Um, what is Hail Mary's favorite brand of bottled water? And I'm a Kirkland man myself. I usually buy a pallet a year or so of it from Costco. What are we talking about? Mm, I like bubbly water, so anything that bubbles. All right, bubbly, all right. You guys? Dasani. Dasani, okay. Mr. Galactic? Um, I tend to drink the blood of the youth. Oh, wow. <laughs> Exotic. Right, super. Yeah. Well, let me and it only makes common sense. Really? Well, let me hit you with this. Mm. If there was suddenly an ideal world where all things were just and correct, what would be the first thing that you guys would like to see happen? Uh... We got time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> more argumenting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we could probably stand to argue more. Yeah. Definitely argue more. All right. Me, I guess first would be world peace, and then I would uh, really like to see the NBA finally say my bad and return the Sonics from OKC back to Seattle. Then I'd die happy, man. But that's another story. Um, so what's the title of the first song you're going to do, and is there a backstory? Um, well, this song is unfortunately titled Gloomer, <laughs> and that was because two of our bandmates who aren't here, Tim Basaraba and Derek 
Trian. Is not how it, it came about. They, yeah. They decided it was called Glomer. So that's just what we rolled They with. started calling yeah. it Glomer, and uh, it's been an unfortunate part of the history of the band that the song has remained Glomer. All right. Yeah. Well, let's we hate it. you guys. I'm okay. excited to hear it. Let's do it. I'm done taking what I can get. of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. Hello, people. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We're shotgun kitchen. Doing a sound check. We have a vocal check. Check, check, check. Kristen. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud, I know those Finding Bigfoot people are coming up on the show next. Right. But, you know, no matter what they or anyone says, I just don't see how a part human, part animal actually exists. It's not that easy. Listen, I'll be respectful to the staff from that show, but I Look, don't Look, it's not like you're going to be allowed to ask them an actual question, so who cares how you feel? Oh. I'm going to tell you a story now that will maybe explain why I myself do hold out the belief that Bigfoot really exists, or, okay. or could exist. Okay. I was on a camping trip with my neighbor Jimmy Gilbertson and his dad. He was really into hiking and camping, so you know they used to invite me to go with them as he knew my dad was usually either at the at the horse track or playing cards somewhere. Anyway, you know, we went on this 
I don't know, overnight hike in the mountains. Near Mount Rainier, it was it was like a long hike, and you know how much I hate walking, right? Oh, Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know that. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, I was really tired when we set up camp for the night. I got in my sleeping bag, and I, I fell asleep in like a minute or two. And it must have been like two or three in the morning when it happened. What happened? Did, did well, Mr. Gilbertson do something inappropriate? Did he Gerald, try to groom you or offer you alcohol? No, no, he was like sound asleep. He snored oh. like a chainsaw too, if I remember right. Oh. Anyway, what happened was, and I'm really not totally sure as Jimmy was asleep too, but I looked over maybe 15 feet from me. A huge hairy thing was pointing at me and sort of snickering or something. It smells really good. But are you sure you were not dreaming? You know, it's not uncommon to experience deep dreams when you're exhausted. Visions can come to well, us sometimes, and they seem so real. You know, there are many instances in history where this is. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible, but no, yeah. this this was real, or you know, or at least I think it was. You know, I know I should have woke up Jimmy or his dad, but I was kind of scared. And besides, you know, being so big, it stunk. Strange. I mean, it really, really smelled like someone from like a Grateful Dead show. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're referring to there, but I can imagine you were certainly frightened. So uh, what did you do? Well, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did pee a little bit in my sleeping bag. Oh. But after about three or four minutes of him like staring at me and me staring back, I, I, I sort of relaxed a little. And you know, he, he wouldn't quit pointing at me. And I actually got a little angry. It seemed like he was making fun of me or something. Were you wearing any distinctive clothing? Or like, did you have a snack near you that he was interested yeah, yeah. in? Yeah, I mean, it, it was just me and, you know, I was in my pajamas, okay? But, yeah, if I, I think I remembered I had a package of Oreos in my sleeping bag. I was, I was kind of hiding them as if I, you know, I shared them with Jimmy and his dad. They wouldn't have lasted me until we got back home. Well, you know, animals. I'm not selfish at, per se, you know, usually, but, you know, we were out in the sticks and I just didn't want to run out of, you know, cookies. It makes sense, but, uh, you, you know, animals crave sweets is what I was going to say, and that's probably what attracted it to you. You know, Spud, I think it had to be a bear, don't you think? No, do bears have hands and stand up upright? I don't think uh, so. I've watched every episode of Grizzly Adams, and that bear never looked like what I saw. Well, you know, I guess you can ask the finding Bigfoot people if a bear could be mistaken for a Bigfoot. Yeah, I guess. So why don't you see if the, the, the finding Bigfoot people are actually ready to go right now? All right, right. Listen, I'll check. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they're telling me that uh, Spud Mutt, Matt Moneymaker and Renee Holland from the Finding Bigfoot TV show on Animal Planet are on the line and they're right, waiting you know, to speak to you. It's, it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, talk to highly informed experts on the topic of Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, I spoke to my neighbor, like Roger, about them, but you know he believes in everything. He even, he even talks about the possibility of an actual pot of gold, or at least some cash being at the end of a rainbow. And he totally buys in to huh? unicorns too. Seriously, he hmm. he thinks there are a few at least, you know, of them in, in Argentina. Well, you know, um, listen, there's nothing wrong with people believing in something that a great number of others may ridicule you for. I myself just draw the line at Bigfoot. Well, I try to keep an open mind on you know those type of things. I, I only go cynical when it involves human beings. That's when I have issues. Uh, I mean, granted, a Bigfoot is part human, so I guess I should keep that in mind. Yeah. It, well, are you ready for them? Yeah, just put them through. Yeah, here they are. Please welcome Matt Moneymaker and Renee Holland from the TV show Finding Bigfoot uh, on the Animal Planet channel. Thanks for checking in with us. Thanks hello, hello. Yeah. Um, so you're starting your seventh season, for those who are not familiar with the show. You guys have not already officially found Bigfoot yet, correct? I mean, if you have, I understand you probably want to make that announcement on your own show, but... Well, you know, in, in a way, we have found them many times. We've got close enough to get recordings of them. Right. Uh, I think we've had them actually near us, uh, within about 100 feet of us, several times. But 
We're not trying to capture them. And the unfortunate title of the show kind of leads people to this expectation that we're going to try to capture one. Right. And that, but, yeah, finding one can mean a lot of different things, let's say. All right. All right. Super. You know, I've shared with my listeners on the show that I, I Spud Goodman also sort of believe in Bigfoot. Is, is I had an encounter, or thought I did when I was a little kid camping, it might have been some other kind of six-foot stinky animal, maybe a bear, who knows. But for the record, I think they could be out there. I just what? wanted to say that. Tell yeah. me about this. Where were you at? Well, I was just kind of camping with some friends. And i got to be honest, I could have been dreaming. I mean, I don't really know at this point. But I have to say, when I watch your show... You know, I'm kind of a believer. I just wanted to say that for everybody. So, yeah, anyway. But individually, let me ask you this, Matt. Um, if or should I say when you do find Bigfoot, is like the show over? Or would you try to find more of them and more of them and maybe make them like, incorporate them into the show? I mean, what happens when oh, you not, do? Uh, listen, if we, if, we, if we have one, we get one in daylight and we get very good clear footage of one in daylight. Uh, in one state, then the show will obviously become a lot more popular. Yeah. And and uh, I think a lot of people will be very interested to see if we can find another one in their own state. So the show's certainly not over. Okay, all right. We have clear footage. It, right. it will go on even longer. All right, super. Well, Renee... But, but, I, but I need to ask you real quick here. I, yeah. I live in Seattle, so, um, you know, you had some questions about finding Bigfoot and... and um, for your non-listeners, if they're very curious right now, Seattle Metropolitan Magazine has an article. Uh, I myself is in it. We had uh, Allison Williams, the writer, came out with us, got her own behind-the-scenes uh, vision <laughs> and experience with Finding Bigfoot. But she also spent months talking to folks within the Bigfoot community. And, in a, and within the Bigfoot community, you have to understand it's a culture in and of itself. And within that, there's all these different subcultures. Now, for instance... Uh, Bobo, Cliff, and Matt all believe that Bigfoot is a biological undiscovered species, but there are other folks within the community who think there are other explanations for Bigfoot, maybe beyond science, whether it's an alien, whether it's uh, something that can take a spiritual, huh. physical form, whatnot, what, not, what have you. Super spud. Like what? I, well, like I said earlier, I just don't see how there could be a half man, half animal in real life. Man was created, animals were created, but there is nothing written that man and animals were created together. I just don't buy it. Well, there could have been an accidental mashup by Mother Nature. You know, maybe that happened. There are there are a lot of weird things uh... that that are out there that might have been mistakes, like. How about a warthog or, or Chris Christie? Well, I sure wish our guest Matt and Renee well in their quest, but I'm afraid this creature does not exist. Besides being a huge buzzkill, you're also a very negative person. No. Why do you feel the need here to be so skeptical? Have some faith that there are things out there that we may not know about. I guess. Oh, okay, I'll try to keep an open mind about this, but... It's not I, like I'm asking you to believe in a big ship that carried two of every species of animals in the world away from some huge flood, okay? That, that happened. Now let me get back to them, okay? I was going to ask you, Renee, you're a research biologist, and could I state that, uh, like, officially you're kind of agnostic on whether, and or you know, if, if Bigfoot really exists? I, I think I think there is a spectrum of belief, and it runs from one side of cynicism to people rolling their eyes and mocking the entire subject, which unfortunately created this stigma of people coming forward. And it's one thing that I think Matt and I were discussing earlier, that finding Bigfoot is, is basically spreading the word that, hey, whether you believe or not, 
folks are still reporting seeing this thing. Now, myself, I believe a lot of those reports can be explained, but at the end of the day, so many of them can't, and that's why I'm fascinated. So that's your one side of cynicism. The other side is for po- folks who maybe even haven't had an experience or don't have scientific proof might blindly believe, whereas I'm a skeptic. I'm in the middle. I, I want to attempt to go against human nature, not have a preconceived notion, be critical and objective, and think for myself, which is what I want. All of those young kids who are watching our show, the fans of our show, those, those future naturalists, those young potential scientists, that's what I love about our show. Right. They are so curious what it could be. I'm just saying, hey, kids, get outdoors. Well, Discover for yourself. Well, you're the scientist. Well, I got to ask you, scientifically, with more than one, what would they be called? Big feet? Or in, in the plural sense, when you, I, you know... What would they be called? If I, I more think folks within the Bigfoot community. I think Matt, you know, Matt being more entrenched in the Bigfoot community could better answer that. Um, to answer your question, it's Sasquatches and Bigfoots for the plural. With plural, okay, there you go. That I'm, I'm thank you for for that because I was wondering. Uh, you guys also looked for Bigfoot uh, in New York, and some would say, where could a Bigfoot hide in like Times Squares, you know, Times Square or Coney Island or wherever? Are they in New York too? Well, see, the thing is, why do you, that's really funny, because you think New York is New York City. And New yeah, York is basically. a whole big state oh. with tons of hunters, tons of deer, tons of bear. It isn't just a city, it's a whole state. So we didn't go looking for Bigfoot in the city. That oh. is messed up, We were up, up by yo. the Appalachian Trail, and we were in the Adirondacks. And uh, there's, there's uh, again, there's lots of sightings up there, and and I've heard them up there myself. Found tracks in in New York State, so it's it's basically like the you know the next step up from Pennsylvania, between Pennsylvania and Canada, all and, right, and, and all that that implies. All right, we might have some listeners yes, up but there. But with that, but with that said, one of the locations we went to was was within an hour drive of Manhattan. You can go to within less than a one-hour drive of Seattle proper, or Portland, for that matter, or Vancouver. You can go to these large metropolitan hubs, and sometimes within a half an hour, be outside of the city and have Bigfoot hotspots. You know, see, I mean, that's supposed to show you that how how quickly you can get to an area that has a rich history of reports. See, now, Renee, you've got now you've got you've scared me now when I'm out. Like, uh, gosh, I ha- wow. I mean, I don't want to be scared of Bigfoot because I know they could be friendly, but that wow, I'm going to remember that forever, especially when I'm sleeping. All right, well, tell you what, um, I, I know you guys got to go, so let me let me get this in again. Uh, the seventh season of Finding Bigfoot is now airing each Thursday night at 9 p.m. 8 Central, only on the Animal Planet. So, um, you know, I want to thank you guys so much for calling into the show because I've learned a whole lot about Bigfoot. Well, thanks well, so much. Thank you. You'll learn a lot more if you watch the series. I'm definitely <laughs> going to. You guys got me hooked. That's what I'm saying here. So, all right. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot. This is the Spud Goodman Show. I'm still not over my surprise. Once again, Hail Mary. Love you, Nettie. Oh
Hi, I'm Mary Lynn Rice Cub. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Say, uh, Spud, your last guest, comedian Joe Coy, is ready to go on the phone. All right. You know, it's been a while since he's been on the show. I, I think he's coming back to this area to shoot a comedy special. Uh, he is a funny guy, for sure. Yeah, I mean, his career is really starting to take off, too. So anyway, just put him on. Yeah, you got it. Hey, please say hello to comedian Joe Coy. How you doing tonight, man? Man, Spud, uh, it's like I know you. <laughs> yeah, well, we know each other. I'm good. That's right, yeah. Thanks hey. for letting me call in. Absolutely. So let me get this out. You're going to be appearing at the Moore Theater in Seattle on April 30th with two shows. That's two shows at 7 and 9.30 p.m. Tickets are now available. Oh, my God, thank you. It's my homecoming. You know, I'm from Tacoma, Washington, man. Right, right. So, a great town, uh, a this great is, town. This is a- Right, uh, this is that's where I grew up, and you know Seattle's. You know those are the sports teams that I claim. Uh, even now that I'm uh, in LA, I still, uh, you know, I still wear my Seattle Mariners hat, and you know I can't wait to come home man, and uh, shoot this special. It's been a long time. All right, super. So you're now out on the road all over this country, and eventually you're going to probably be in every city this show's carried in. So my question to you is, is like, what city is number one for going out after your show to have some fun? And let's leave Vegas out as they seem to have an unfair advantage on late night fun, because I guess it stays there. And how they do that with social media, I have no idea. But what city do you like hanging out with like after the show? What's your most favorite city? Oh, I'd have to say Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that's one of my favorite towns to go in. I always look forward to it when I see it on the calendar. Uh, you know, when people go to Nashville, they already have like some kind of a preconceived 
idea of what it's going to be like, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. when you get there, your mind is just blown away. It's completely opposite of what you think it is. It is a very forward-moving and a very hip and trendy area, and uh, the people there are just great, and I just have a good time, man. I, I look forward to going to Nashville every time, and I suggest that to anybody that lives in America, save up your money and visit Nashville. All right, super. I'll put that on my wish list. All right. Well, you know, in your act, you mentioned that you have to deal with sleep apnea. Do you have to hook up to that scuba gear at night? Because that's scary-looking equipment. Yeah, I know. I look like Bane from Batman every night before I go to sleep. Oh, you hook up? Uh, you actually hook up? Oh, yeah. I got super. I got the full-on mask on the face. You know what I mean? It covers my whole face, basically. Pretty intimidating, but I can't sleep without it, man. I, I die in my sleep. I have the worst case. Wow. Well, in terms of the sex life, I don't want to get too intimate here in terms of, you know, with you and your wife, but yeah. I would think if one partner has to suit up, then the other should do it too, just to like even the playing field as far as the arousal thing goes. That's hysterical. Well, actually, I'm divorced. I, I don't oh. have, uh, I'm not with my, my, my wife. Uh, well, my, whoever you're ex, with. But, whoever you're with. Yeah, but... But uh, basically, uh, yeah, I don't put I don't put that thing on until after we do it for the first time. Okay, there you go. If All I right. break that machine, if I break that machine out before anything happens, nothing's gonna happen. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's what I was figuring. Well, all right. Well, you've been on Adam Carolla's podcast for quite a while, and now you have your own one titled "The Koi Pond," available on iTunes. How's that going for you? Oh man, it's been great. Adam Carolla is amazing. Uh, he, he's just so nice, and uh, he's made me part of that family, and and now he's giving me my own uh, my, my own uh, pod, and it's just been taking off perfectly. And uh, what a better person to have in your corner than Adam Carolla? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, you know, one of our staff members, his name is Derek, by the way. He has a podcast now, and he does a couple hours talking about all things Donald Trump. He worships the guy, if you can believe it. But do you think by the year 2020, having a podcast will be mandatory for all U.S. citizens, sort of like having to prove you have health care on their tax return? You know, you submit your best best work on your demo reel to the IRS or some government body. I don't know. That's so funny. I, I, I don't see anything uh, uh, past uh, 2000. 16 for me. I, hey, Spud, I, I, what? Really... I was wondering. Wondering when the show is over? Come on. Hey, I've made a connection with Joe here, so don't block me, okay? Yes. Fine. Sorry I bothered you. Uh, okay. Spud, what is going on? Just a brief distraction, but I'm back, Joe. Okay. Thank you. Um, no, you're a parent and a comedian, so I was wondering, have you had to, like, go to your son's school for one of those what my dad does, you know, for a living kind of job kind of things and, like, maybe do five minutes of your act on the kids? You know, a G-rated version, of course, but I bet you'd pack the classroom. <laughs> ah, that's hysterical. No, everybody at the school knows who I am. Uh, you know, my son's, you know, good friends with Heather McDonald's son, who also goes to my school. Oh, super. And, uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's got a, you know, it's... I think basically the school is just a bunch of, uh, you know, the kids are all, uh, you know, their parents are all in the business. You know what I mean? So oh. I don't think they really have the uh, the old parent, uh, whatever. I forgot what that was called again. But uh, when, when the dad comes in and tells him what he does, yeah, I don't think we've ever had that. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's old school. Yeah, I'm showing my age here a little bit with that one. But all right. Well, let me ask you a serious question. You've always been active in the community, and, and now you're involved with the Lupus Foundation. For, and for those who are not aware, could you share a bit uh, of this effort that you're working on? Yeah, my sister, uh, Rowena, has been diagnosed with lupus, and it's, uh, 
you know, it's a horrible disease. It's uh, it's a, it attacks the immune system. You don't know what, you know, ailments or things that you're going to suffer from. It just kind of hits everything. And uh, and we, you know, I just want to raise money and uh, and try and get awareness out there and try and get the uh, the cure for this someday. Kind of kind of rough seeing your sister suffer, you know. Yeah. But it sure. also makes her happy when yeah uh, when we do things together and raise money and. You know, and she's involved, and it you know keeps her mind active and not on on her uh, her disease. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. So it's it's a lot of fun to do, and if you have money, you know, uh, I have shirts that I sell on my website that go to lupus, and if you don't want to do that, you can just go to lupus.org and donate a dollar or whatever. But lupus.org is uh, that's who I work with, and they're great people over there. And your website is address. JoeCoy.com, J-O-K-O-Y.com. All, right. All right, super. Well, Joe, let me close this interview with my money question. What has been your most memorable moment, and in your case, let's just say on the road, on the road as a stand-up comic? On the road would have to be, oh, my gosh, that's a tough one. Ooh, there's so many, man. I just let's pull out one. Let's go ahead and take, gosh, I know, it's tough. I would have to say when I play a town that I'm just not in my head. I, I'm already thinking the worst and, uh, and it ends up being like the best gig of my life. And that would have to be, probably be Walker, Minnesota, oh, uh, where they go, where they go ice fishing. And, uh, and it was in a casino. And I mean, literally when I walked up and pulled up in the, in the van, I was just like, Oh my God, let me just hurry up and get on stage and get off real quick and get this night over with. And then, uh, when I got on stage, I mean, the love that kept pouring out was just so good. I was like, I can't get off. I ended up doing two hours. I was like, this is intense. Damn, Springsteen. And I loved every minute of it. So wow. those are those gigs where you, you pinch yourself, you know? You you know, the obvious gigs that are always great are like your your San Francisco's and your, your New York's and your L.A.'s, but... You know, when you see Walker, Minnesota on your on your calendar, you always have like this really bad idea of how it's going to end up, and then for it to just be one of the best gigs of you know my tour makes me really happy. So I'll, I'll say Walker, Minnesota was the most exciting. Super. So that means like you actually actually have to like travel like cold places in the winter to to do the stand up comedy uh -huh. thing, then, huh? Dang, uh, I never That's thought right. about that. All right. Okay, uh, I'll let you go because I know you got stuff to do. So Joe Coy will be appearing <laughs> at the Moore Theater on April 30th with two shows, 7 and 9.30 p.m. So I want to thank you for checking in with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much, Spud. There you have it, Mr. Joe Coy. <laughs> folks howdy 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 folks welcome howdy welcome howdy welcome 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 howdy welcome to the nature's wonderland nature's wonderland nature's wonderland nature's wonderland howdy nature's wonderland 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 
Howdy, nature's wonderland. The desert heat sometimes gets to you, and sometimes... Aha! Look down there on your left. Beaver Valley. Pretty gals. Bear gals. The desert heat sometimes gets to you. You know, nature's wonderland is awful pretty. But sometimes she can be a mighty rugged place to live. Say, uh, ever hear of the devil's paint pots? You know, I hear tell a long time ago dinosaurs roamed this area. As we head for the wilderness, a couple of suggestions. Bears are one of the most playful animals there is. Lazy, too. Look on that bank across Bear Creek there. <laughs> Never could figure that out. As we pass through old Natural Arch Bridge, these here cactus take on strange shapes. A strange cactus, a strange cactus, a strange cactus. Desert heat sometimes gets to you. Look out now! <laughs> look out! They're starting to tumble. <laughs> you know, last trip. Look out! There's one now. Real mystery of the desert. I hope you all enjoyed your trip into nature's wonderland. <laughs> well, thanks for riding along. And look out now! <laughs> well, come on back again when you're out in these here frontier parts, will you? So long. Howdy, folks. Howdy, folks. This is the Spud Goodman Show. And many happy fish. Well, now that we've had the finding Bigfoot people on, I, I know yeah. so much more about this topic. You know, <laughs> really, you know, for years I, I've questioned myself on whether I, I actually saw what I thought I did. I feel a lot better now as... Until my early 30s, I thought I might be crazy. Well, insanity's nothing to be ashamed of, Spud. No, I, I wasn't ashamed of being, like, a little off. It just messed up my head as I sort of believed in other stuff, too. You know, kind of like my neighbor Roger, but about different, you know, different things like that moon landing was faked and uh, uh, that men think about sex every seven seconds and, um, and that irregardless is actually a word. You know, when I finally figured out I wasn't totally crazy, you know, I was much more comfortable with myself, and I got a, I got a better grasp on reality and the truth. Hey, are you sure about irregardless? I, I'm pretty sure that is a real word. Well, why didn't you say so? I and others in my family, we use it all the time. My wife, Rachel, was an English major at well, that's, BYU. That's nice. But yeah. well, Seriously, that, Gerald? Well, I'm just saying she has impeccable language, so you might want to double-check that one, that's all. Well, fine. Go ahead and Google it. Irregardless is about as much of a real word as supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is. Now, that was funny. Okay, okay, well, uh, anyway, well, at least after having the Finding Bigfoot people on the show, it's given you comfort in knowing that you uh, what you struggle with over the know. years, maybe it wasn't a figment of your imagination. Americans love a winner. Yeah, yeah, I do feel a lot better, and, and, and now I should probably re-examine some of those things, you know, from the past, you know, like, like that normal people thinking about sex every seven seconds. It, it made me feel good as a teenager, you know, when I first read that in a magazine, right. that maybe I wasn't a, like a perv or something, but, you know, now some smart people totally destroyed that one. On the internet, it says it was a crock. You know, someone made it up, and people just kept repeating it over the years. So, 
Bottom line is, I guess I am a perv. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know about every seven seconds, but well, I, I, I do sort of, I, I sort of think that the moon landing was faked. You know, because if it really happened, really? don't you think there would be like timeshares or something that could make money? Welcome to manned space exploration. S Spud. The initial lunar landing in July of 1969 was very real. When astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin set foot on the moon, it was broadcast to millions of people down here on Earth. Every, yeah, well. Everyone saw it, is what I'm saying. It could not have been produced in some studio like, uh, you know, a few misguided individuals have believed, you know. Are, are, are you That is <laughs> incredible. Are you calling me misguided? Well, well, I'm just saying that the moon landing was very real. That's all. Oh, well, maybe. But when we ever supposedly land on Mars, yeah. I'm going to look at that TV screen really, really carefully, as I'm not going to get punked again. Okay, Spud. All right. Yeah, all right. All right is right. Oh. Thank you for accepting that. Sorry. All right. You know, I need to say goodbye now, I guess. So I am Spud Goodman. Uh, be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again... Hail Mary. Good night, everyone.
give you all I have And I go that way To make you dance out in the rain I'll sing you my sad song And let them soak up all your Spud Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Video director, T.J. Pites. On-air talent, Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan. Production assistants, Terry Tompkins and Trent Botello. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Hey, uh, Spud, I-, I was thinking about it while the band played. Irregardless is a real word. I- I- <laughs> I fe- you can laugh if you want, Gina. I feel very sure of this. Hey, I may only have attended 11 quarters of community college, but I know for a fact it's not a real word. Well, I disagree. My wife texted me, and uh, like I said, she was an English major at Ooh, BYU. Wow, I'm impressed. She-, she feels you are wrong and that you're not using it's, it. Qu- it's not a word. Huh. for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. 
Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's post-show report. And with me is my co-host, Gina. Gina, Gina, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good tonight. I have to say, we uh, missed you uh, last week when you were away at the Stamp Collectors oh. Convention in Spokane. It sounds like you had a blast there, though. Super. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did have a blast, man. Let me tell you something. Who knew that Spokane was such a wild place at night? You know when you get a, a couple hundred uh, serious stamp collectors together in one city? Things can get kind of out of control pretty quickly, I got to tell you. Well, you know, luckily, law enforcement there, they were pretty tolerant of our group and all, so that was good. Yeah. Well, I, Super. I guess we would have um, to pool our money together to bail you out if anything had happened. I know that in interns Mike, Dave, and I would have had your back. Maybe not everyone would have pitched in. Hmm. Hey, is that directed at me? Okay, you know what? First of all, am I even going to be introduced or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll be introduced. Like, good time. All right. Now, now uh, do, do you know, Gina, you know, at the closing dinner that we had, I gave a little speech. I got in a plug for the show, too. So, oh. you know, I bet we're going to have a little spike in the ratings tonight. Very cool. We yeah. should uh, give a big shout out to all the stamp collectors listening now. Hey, everyone. So, should I just introduce myself? So, so what is or... that? You know, you know, let me tell you something. What's really neat about the stamp collectors? They're loyal. They're really loyal. So, Lawrence, uh, what did you think about Sp what Spud was talking about in the first hour? Oh, you mean like the the Bigfoot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally believe in the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't seen one myself, but I know they're out there for sure. I believe it. Yeah, I, I'm still on the fence about Bigfoot. You know, let me tell you this. I did once see, with my own two eyes, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Super, wow. super. Yeah, that's true. I'm never going to forget that. It was big and slimy. So you visited Scotland? Guys. Oh, no. No, no, no. That'd be pricey to go out there. No, no, no. This this would have been a little, uh, this was a relative of mine, uh, maybe a relative of Nelly, I should say, um, This this that Scottish dragon monster. Ah, I see. Well, the monster, it's kind of a harsh term. It's kind of mean to say it's a monster, but, you know, we'll just call it a big slimy thing. Anyway, I think that's super. I was out in a rowboat fishing uh, in, in a lake with my Uncle Floyd. You know, it was a, it was big, man, and, and it was really deep lake in, in Arkansas where he lived out there. And I was visiting him for the summer, and we were fishing for about an hour, and then we saw it. Man, I was too young to be scared. I tried petting it when it raised its head near, near the boat and all, but uh, my uncle first said it was this giant catfish. Psh, I don't think so. To this day, I'm almost positive it was one of them Loch Ness monsters. For like Super. A better, a better term. <sighs> my name is Derek, and I am the co-host of this program. I will be... Uh, Derek? I'm sorry. You're. Did you say you're the co-host? Well co-co-host okay yeah but so there's no such thing as a co-co-host uh, you not do super. Uh, not super. i mean you know that um so don't represent your job duties okay you're the guy who introduces the okay highlights. okay look that may be true on paper but we all know i do so much more for this program i mean i'm the glue guy basically without me this whole thing falls apart. Um, yeah, I wouldn't use that glue guy line as no. Spud flipped out when Gerald tried to call himself that. I mean, Spud said a good glue guy can make or break a team or a radio show in our case. You know something, Derek? I'm going to tell you this. I have met glue guys. I know glue guys. Personally, you, sir, no glue guy. Uh, okay. Well, 
I'm a very important part of this program. Let's let's just leave it at that. Yeah, whatever. You know, I, I should probably acknowledge our panel about now. We've got a Dave here on the soundboard. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good evening, Lawrence. And you know what? A crazy thing. I was actually camping in Fish Trap last week. If I'd have known you were only a half hour away, I would have come and seen you. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. We could have. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice to do some stamp stuff. You like stamps? All right. You know, Mike, that's our engineer right there. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing great. I, Bigfoot is real, I believe. Oh, yeah. I, I know the Bigfoot's real. And then, we, of course, we got our, our ex-intern, Trent, but he's our production assistant here. How you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm pretty sure Bigfoot, Bigfoot is the guy in some suit who's too afraid to admit it. Oh, Super. see, I don't know. That, I don't know. I get that. But Carrie, Carrie Tompkins, you know, uh, our intern from Pierce College, maybe you got to say on that. I think Bigfoot is totally real. Oh, see, we, totally got, a, we got a little bit of a divided house. Man, uh, you know what? I tell you what, let's, let's kick off some, some Bigfoot music here right now. We're going to begin with a tune from uh, Bobby Darren called Things. And then we have a song from Flash Boys. They're a band from Austin, Texas. And their tune is She Don't Care. All right, Dave, hit it. Every night I sit here by my window. Staring at Lonely Avenue, Avenue. Watching lovers holding hands and laughing, laughing And thinking about the things we used to do Thinking of things Like a walk in the park things. Like a kiss in the dark things. Like a sailboat ride what about the night we cried? Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do Memories are all I have to cling to And heartaches are the friends I'm talking to When I'm not thinking of just how much I loved you I'm thinking about the things we used to do Thinking of things Like a walk in the park things. Like a kiss in the dark things. Like a sailboat ride yeah. What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do I still can hear the jukebox softly playing Playing And the face I see each day belongs to you Though there's not a single sound And there's nobody else around Well, it's just me thinking of the things we used to do Like a walk in the park Like a kiss in the dark like a sailboat ride What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do And the heartaches are the friends I'm talking to You got me thinking about the things we used to do
don't care. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right. I want to welcome back Hail Mary to the show. Hey, thanks for hanging with us tonight. You know, just give us a little time and one more song and all that stuff like that. Now, Rachel, is that right? Yep. All right, all right. Now, it's been about a year, maybe, I'm guessing, give or take a couple of months since we, since we saw you last. So, since then, have you done any time? Not since then. She has. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh but, super, but right. maybe one of you all have done something. Wes and I both have been in There's lock still up time. For, there's still time for to do time. Yeah, there's always time to do time. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, especially uh, with, uh, two, what is it, 2.2 million in the U.S.? Oh, is that the number now? That's yeah. The incarceration it's, rate. Wow. We have more incarceration than uh, China. That's crazy. And China's like 100 times bigger than us. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Four, yeah. Four, I think four times bigger. Yeah. So there's still hope. There's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right now, Super. As the leader of the band, I gotta ask you this now: do, do you run a tight ship? Are you like the Iron Fist, or are you like a player's coach? Would you say? Um, I'm kind of mean. I'm kind of mean. mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm in charge. Nice. Somebody's yeah. gotta be. Yeah. These aren't our real teeth. Oh, super! Yeah, you know she's for real then. If yeah. your teeth ain't real. All right. Now, 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 the band's choice in car fresheners, because I gotta ask you about that. What's your your favorite flavor? Because you know I I kind of like the vanilla myself. Like if you got it in your van or your station wagon or whatever. Strawberry. It's hard to find, but um, avocado. Wow, super! Oh. It's got to oh. smell like a petunia. <laughs> nice. Just nice. so rarely does. And then now, do do you guys have a tango? Because you know I'm gonna start the tango lessons over there at the Arthur Murray. Oh. Only without my pants on. <laughs> oh wow nice yeah we don't have band practice on those days super it's <laughs> probably a good idea right there yeah nice nice all right now you guys are gonna finish out with one last song so what's the, na- the name of the last song uh calling me calling me all right hell mary it's important to say that it's called calling me which you won't hear on hell mary's album but if you do want to hear hell mary's album you can hear it hell mary music dot bandcamp Dot com. Wow, That's super. Hell Mary Music. Used to make me wanna die. The way I turned around and left you there. All the tears you must have cried Oh, to make you think I didn't care It's calling me It's calling me It's calling me It's calling me Did you listen to my lies When I told you it would all be fine Then I ran into the night And I left you all behind It's calling me It's calling me 
So you got anything good from the first hour? You yes, I do, Lawrence. I'm really glad you asked because in this first clip, uh, we have Spud talking to Dr. Ruth. And uh, I picked this clip so we can finally put to rest the notion that uh, Donald Trump isn't well endowed downstairs. Mm. Because in this clip, Dr. Ruth says that there is no correlation between like shoe size or hand size and uh, size of your downstairs situation. So roll the clip. All right, super. Okay, I was right on that one. Um, well, speaking of myths also, we, we were discussing uh, on the show tonight uh, Bigfoot. And on a related note, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that old big feet, uh, you know, big penis thing. Is there scientific proof of this? Because I wear like a size six. Absolutely and not. It's not. Absolutely oh, good. Thank not. you. Thank you. But, but, you know, in the play about me, uh, yeah, becoming right. Dr. Ruth, right. that Deborah Jo Rapp started right. in the Berkshires and then in, in near Broadway, off Broadway. So what is true is that I want a, a man who is worried about the size because the size has nothing to do with the sexual satisfaction of the woman. I want him to stand in front of a mirror, bring himself to a good erection and admire that erection. He will never worry about the size again. And we have to bury all of those stupid myths about the size of the hands and the size of the feet. Not so. Well, I'm writing this okay. down. I'm yeah. As fast as I can, I'm writing this down. So, you know, because I <laughs> see women look, you know, when I go out to bars, they look down at my feet and they kind of like run away. So, I mean, I'm not micro mini, but it just is that. Thank you so much for that. Nonsense. Thank you. Nonsense. And people should enjoy each other. They should have a good relationship. And with a good relationship and with an interesting life comes very, very good um, sexual encounters. All right. Super. <laughs> well, Dr. Ruth, on another note, some may not... There you have it, guys. Straight from the doctor's mouth. I had so always... we can put to put to bed all these silly notions. I had always heard that it was uh, from the tip of your thumb to your tip of your finger. 
Is that true? Wow. Tip of the thumb, the, the tip of the finger? Tip of the finger. I've, in my experience, I found that that is true. Oh, hey, <laughs> wow. Well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> now, then, I know Gina doesn't lie, so I'm going to take your reference for fact. But, and, and I'm, you but, know, but we just super. had a doctor. We just had a doctor say that that wasn't true. No, G- Gina trumps any doctor. <laughs> Gina's not a Dr. doctor. Ruth, Dr. Laura, Dr. Phil. No, Gina the is clip. The truth. We just play, do we have to play it again? No, no, we don't have to play it again. You know what? Look at look at your stubby fingers there, and then tell me what you see. Hey, there's uh, nothing wrong. All with my around fingers. the world, hundreds of men are going, you know, like this with their hands, making right that little L shape right there. Yeah. yeah, like a little gun thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, you know, let's do some tunes here. We're gonna we're gonna be get. We are going to begin with the Kinks. Come on now, and follow that with Nico Case and Honky Tonk Hiccup. All right, let's hear this. Come on now, come on, let the music get you moving. Let them see that you're not losing. See the clock is getting late now. Get your coat and fix your face. So come on now. Come on now, come on now, honey, and let me see 
Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to jump in here again real quick and uh, just let all the listeners know that this week my podcast is going to be off the hook. Again, with so the everybody should download it as soon as it's up on Monday. I will be detailing in a thorough fashion just how much hotter Melina Trump is than Ted Cruz's wife. Super. It's not even close. But yeah, that's, I'll that's... do my best to, I guess, you know, analyze the facts impartially. I mean, yes, I am a Trump supporter and involved in his campaign locally. I am a professional. So listeners of my podcast know that I will do a okay. great oh, no. job. You're not discussing this crap on our show, No, Derek. no, 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 Derek, Derek. Look, you know, I'm going to advise you to change the subject because whatever you do on your little podcast, that's your business. But I think there's some, some protection in the Constitution for podcasts and all that stuff, but... This is a nationally syndicated radio show. You Super. gotta respect the boundaries. Look, all I am saying is Melina Trump will be the hottest first lady the United States of America has ever had. Hands down, not even close. Okay. Not super. First, her husband has to become president, and that will never happen. Uh, that's what I used to think. Look, but... think what you wish. I have access to the internal numbers of the campaign, not the poll numbers you see on cable TV news. Donald Trump will be our 45th president. Boo. You can bet the house. Oh, super. The, right. no, well, Derek, see, I rent, uh, I rent a little small duplex unit, so I'm not going to be betting on uh, betting the house. No, not on my part. Yeah, sorry. You and the other Trumpsters are living in a dream world. I mean, women will be voting in November. Enough said. Just remember yeah. to check it out on Derek's podcast. No, no, Derek, you need to. Derek's podcast? You need to come up with a with a catcher show title. You know what? What's wrong you, with that? You know what? I don't. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. We're gonna do some more music here. All right? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna start off with a Buddy Holly cover by the Beatles, "Words of Love," and then we have a song by Jake Berg, "Kingpin." But we're gonna start off with the Beatles. Tell me how you feel Tell me love is real mm-hmm. Words of love you Whisper soft and true Darling, I love you
talk i'm hoping maybe you got something about bigfoot maybe i do actually and this is going to uh, go out to our listeners in new york tonight uh this is uh the bigfoot guys talking about where you can find bigfoot in new york nice uh you guys also looked for bigfoot uh in new york and some would say where could a bigfoot hide in like times squares you know times square or coney island or wherever are they in new york too well, well see the thing is why do you that's really funny because you think New York is New York City. And New yeah, York is basically. a whole 
big state oh. with tons of hunters, tons of deer, tons of bear. It isn't just a city. It's a whole state. So we didn't go looking for Bigfoot in the city. Oh, We were up right. by the Appalachian Trail, and we were in the Adirondacks. And uh, there's, there's uh, again, there's lots of sightings up there, and, there's, and I've heard them up there myself, found tracks in, in New York State. So it's it's basically like the you know the next step up from Pennsylvania between Pennsylvania and Canada, all and, right, and, and all that that implies. All right, we might have some listeners now, up but there. But with that, but with that said, one of the locations we went to was was within an hour drive of Manhattan. You can go to within less than a one hour drive of Seattle proper or Portland for that matter or Vancouver. You can go to these large metropolitan hubs. And sometimes within a half an hour, be outside of the city and have Bigfoot hotspots. You know, see, I mean, that's supposed to show you that how, how quickly you can get to an area that has a rich history of reports. See, now, Renee, you've got, now you've got, you've scared me now. And I'm out like, uh, gosh, I ha- wow. I mean, I don't want to be scared of Bigfoot because I know they could be friendly, but that, wow. I'm going to remember that forever, especially when I'm sleeping. All right, well, tell you what. Um, okay, so here's my thing about Bigfoot. Because I really want to believe that he exists. But if Bigfoot exists, how come nobody has ever found like a dead Bigfoot skeleton somewhere? They probably have elaborate burial rituals. I think mm-hmm. that's true. I bet you they hide the Bigfoot. Because, you know, you know, the Bigfoot doesn't want anybody else to find the Bigfoot. So they got to hide yeah. the dead. Maybe they eat the Bigfoot. Maybe Bigfoot eat, eat the Bigfoots. Oh, you know, I always thought of them so fondly. But now you just made it creepy. No, that I think it's, it's a, I think it's an maybe honor like an honor honoring ritual. Yeah, yeah, I think it's an honor ritual. Bones like, and all. Well, well they probably no. use the bones to make like tools and stuff. Like, oh, they're creative. Bigfoot's yeah. creative. They could make some good stuff out of another Bigfoot. I mean, they've got to be smart to be you know hidden for this long. Yeah, I think so. They're they're probably sold to the Japanese as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> oh, you know, I bet you they do. Those Japanese, they they have no business with Bigfoot. I'm telling you, stay away from the Japanese. All right. So we got uh, more music yeah, here. After all, they do have big feet, so you know. That's right. That's the name, the Bigfoot. Uh, you know what? We're going to do some more tunes. We're going to do, uh, speaking of Bigfoots, we got, uh, first up is Monsters of Folk. Now, I don't have a problem with the band being a, called a monster, because, you know, I'm not a monsterist or nothing, but, uh, and then we have a mashup from Public Enemy versus Apollo 100, titled Joy of Noise. All right, hit it.
I question their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Radio stations, I question their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Check it out. Yeah, yo, come on. Here we go again. Turn it up. Never batted it back, cause the brother is mad at it, mad at the fact that's corrupt like a sinner. The soul on the road, but you treat it like soap on a road to the beast and the lies are so dope. Listen for lessons, I'm saying it's not music that the critics are all blasting before. They'll never care for the brothers and sisters, why call the country has a soul for the war. We got to get them straight. Come on now, they're gonna have to wait till we get it right. Radio stations are questioning their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Never batted it back, cause the brother is mad at it, mad at the fact that's corrupt like a sinner. The soul on the road, but you treat it like soap on a road with the beats and the lines are so dope. Listen for lessons, I'm saying it's not music that the critics are blasting me for. They'll never care for the brothers and sisters, why cause the country has a soul of the war. Radio stations are questioning their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Radio stations are questioning their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Radio stations are questioning their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Radio stations are questioning their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Radio stations are you're listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hey Derek, 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 Derek. Yes. Derek, we got any more Bigfoot, the Bigfoot uh, uh, clips? Not really oh, a Bigfoot clip. Uh, I actually kind of pulled this one out because... Uh, in this interview, uh, Spud's talking to Joe Coy, who happens to be a podcaster I look up to, and uh, Spud actually mentions me in my podcast. So Uh-oh. if I uh, oh, if I head off here Spud. soon to go work with uh, Joe and all those other big guys, then let uh, me let me know. hold my breath. Go ahead and roll all the right. clip. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's that's what I was figuring. Well, all right. Well, you've been on Adam Carolla's podcast for quite a while, and now you have your own one titled "The Koi Pond," available on iTunes. How's that going for you? Oh, man, it's been great. Adam Carolla is amazing. Uh, he, he's just so nice, and uh, he's made me part of that family, and, and now he's giving me my own uh, my, my own uh, pod, and it's just been taken off perfectly. And uh, What a better person to have in your corner than Adam Carolla. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, you know, one of our staff members, his name is Derek, by the way, he has a podcast now, and he does a couple hours talking about all things Donald Trump. He worships the guy, if you can believe it. But do you think by the year 2020, having a podcast will be mandatory for all U.S. citizens, sort of like having to prove you have health care on their tax return? You know, you submit your best <laughs> best work on your demo reel to the IRS or, or some government body. I don't know. That's so funny. I, I, I don't see anything... Uh uh, past, uh, 2016 for me. Dick, what are you going to do when, uh, Trump is going back to his gold house and he's not president? Then what are you going to talk about on that? Podcast? Uh, well, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about that in eight years, you know, when he finally has to go back because he no, can't, no, run, I'm can't talk- run for a third I'm term. I'm talking about 2017 when he's on his sixth wife. No, see that, that's when he'll be in the white house Super. for the first year and implementing no, He's his... going to be in the sixth wife house. That's what he's going to be in. That's it. So what are you going to talk about then? <laughs> no, it's, it's the white house. You're, you're throwing an F in there and it's not supposed to be the wife house, the sixth wife house, the white yep. house. Or that's the what I said. The dog house. That's oh, the dog house. Gonna end up. Yeah, that doesn't will. even start with a W. The, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, what are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about his presidency because he's going to be the oh, president. You guys aren't Lord. getting this. You know this. what? We're going to have to go back to some music because this guy. All right. Let's lead this off with the Australian music, Courtney Barnett and her song, Pedestrian at Best. And then we have something from Devontra Barnhart, Angelica. Let's do it, Dave.
plan to show blossoming back on our babe and let regret end at the start of the day and don't take no secrets back to your grave let everyone know let everyone know angelica 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 Wildness covers the colors you sense Then how could you think that God has no friends If life's for the living and death for the dead And love's in your heart and hate's in your head Got to go blank to let it appear The garden on high grows bigger each year Without the black stone you can't break the string The omnibus sings of all of these things Angelica, 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 Angelica everybody we gotta wrap things up about now so but you know what i think this was a really good show yeah a pretty good show yeah. i i agree i i think this was one of our our better shows i i, I think we were yeah. able to was, keep Derek quiet it was okay i mean there were some lot, real yeah. points in the show where it you know drug a little bit yes. that's true like that when you're talking about the pot the, hey, the come on now yeah. but it could have been easily resolved or that my time input, that you started talking as you can see now yeah. is being rejected and that is what is so fulfilling for me when I produce my podcast. I have total creative control over it, and it is the big reason it is so popular right now. 
Well, um, wow. I still think you reside in a fantasy world, Derek. Uh, you stay there in your imaginary President Trump. Oh, world. it is real, guys. Super. Just yeah. you wait. And what My- are you going to talk about when Trump's not going to get elected? What are you going to do your podcast on? That's not going to happen. I don't even need to plan for that, you oh, guys. Yeah, this is going to be like, what's he talking I don't, about? I don't even have that plan now. because it's not going to happen. Uh, poor planet. Trump is going to be in the White House. And, you know, it's going to be the biggest thing going from a year from now. With like, his all I wife, can say, Melania? M- malaria? Ma- malaria. I think it is. You guys ma- are just ma- the worst. Ma- all I can say Melania. is Mark Maron and Adam ma- Carolla, Millennium. watch your backs. I think it's ma- ma- Magania. Ma- McGonagall. So is he Mag- going to be like remodeling the the White House? Is it going to be like Trump White House Tower? <laughs> sure, you know, so I think it needs a large sort of a phallic I think we should, on the top We could throw some gold pillars yeah, out front. I think it could use a little bit of a facelift. Melanoma? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what, Derek? I got to say this. You never lack confidence. That's why I'm going to say that. Yeah. So, hey, hey Gino, Gino, why Gino. I? You know, why don't we maybe go bowling after the show again? You want to do that again? Super. Yeah, cool. I had a blast last time. Hey, guys, we went a few weeks know, I, ago. I'm a fantastic bowler myself. I mean, I even have three balls of my own. Hmm, that sounds like a mutation of sorts. But uh, anyway, um, we got we got, got to thank the panel here. There, uh, we got Dave on the soundboard. Well done, Dave. Well, thank you very much, and it's great to be back. Oh, is that is it me too? Were you gone too? Well, I was gone too. Like I was in Fish Trap when you oh, were in Spokane. Oh, that's right. You were gonna look me up. We were only like about a half did. hour. We could have met like in the middle in all those pine trees and uh, it's yeah. amazing a beer or that we didn't set the place on fire. As long yeah. as there's no the Bigfoot out there, then then, then we'd be safe. All right, uh, Mike, our engineer, you did a great job as always too. Oh, thanks. I'm not perfect, but close, uh, close, close, all right, close super. Yeah, so, and how, of course, we got Trent, our production assistant. Thank you for all your hard work. Insert funny quip from Trent here. Oh. <laughs> that was good. And Carrie Tompkins, uh, an amazing intern. You did a great job, too. Thank you. It was nice to be here. Oh, it's nice to have you here. Now, don't get involved with those campus protests because, you know, they can get crazy and out of hand quickly, you know, Chicago and all. By the way, we have corrected the credits, and uh, Carrie's name is now correct in the credits. Yay. That was a major oversight that I blame on our producer, Lori. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a protest at my college once. It was about bad food not being in the vending machines. I mean, it was really horrible stuff. You know, unruly people better get prepared for the smell of tear gas very soon. It's time for a strong leader, and we will have one very, very soon. All right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say later, everybody. Super. But you know, we're going to leave you with a short little tune. This is a Rolf Harris mashup. It's titled Satisfying Night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Derek, now out.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Monrovia? Monrovia? You guys stop it. Stop, you guys stop it right now. This is our future first lady, you guys. She's a beautiful woman. You need to stop disrespecting her right now. Millennia. You know, I'm going to put this in my reports when I turn them into the Trump campaign. When I work for the White House. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deer. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Kerry Tompkins and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Melania, say something. Just want to say congratulations to my husband. He was working very hard and he loves you. We love you. And, and we will see what happens. He would be the best president. Derek, now out. <laughs>